name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. I, I, as, as I was getting um, with this message and uh, thinking through it, I, um, I, I realized that um, there was this, uh, well, you guys have seen this movie because uh, it plays every year, uh, Wizard of Oz. And um, there's this uh, moment where uh, Dorothy comes. Everybody know this movie, right? Most of it. Okay, come on, everybody. It's okay to say yes in church. Some of you are just like, I ain't saying nothing. Hopefully, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach right over to about right here because uh, these, these people are like, okay, I'm with you. Uh, now, uh, when, when, we're, when I was thinking about this, there's this moment where the movie shifts from uh, gray into color, okay, gray into color. And, and then all of these, uh, all these people start coming. They're singing songs. Uh, Dorothy's like, I don't need to get home. And this beautiful uh, witch comes and says, hey, I'm a beautiful witch. I mean, but that's, she was a good witch. And so, uh, and so she comes and talks with Dorothy. She says, oh, you get to see the wizard. And the wizard's going to make everything better. And then everybody's like, well, you got to go down this, uh, this golden yellow brick road that looked so pretty. I mean, it just looked so nice. And everybody's singing and they're hopping and dancing and everything's just wonderful and they got all the answers they needed all they have to go see the wizard and then all of a sudden in the middle of their going down the yellow brick road ugly witch tries to burn them okay uh, then they get caught in uh, uh, this haunted forest then the ugly witch tries to make them follow I mean they go from thing to thing to thing and they got flying monkeys all around I mean it just it turned, can I, can I, get, can talk, it was beautiful at the beginning, but the middle got real weird real quick, all right? It was not, like, oh, this is a nice little musical, and then all of a sudden, you know, like, somebody was on something when they made this movie. What, what is, what is happening with that? I mean, if you ever saw the monkeys, you're like, that's definitely, you're, I'm putting that up with Willy Wonka. That's weird. What's going on over here? And I thought about this, and I thought about this is, I think this is a little detrimental to some of us, because this is a view of our life that a lot of us have. It starts out real pretty, and in the middle, it got real weird. All of a sudden, it, 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 the job that you wanted, you got, and then now you've been there five years. You graduated college and you got the job that you wanted. Now all of a sudden, now it's hard. Now your boss doesn't like you as much as you thought they did. Uh, it was a really great when you were given the vows till death do you part. And now you're in the middle and you're like, ah, death. <laughs> it was real great when you hold, held that baby for the first time. Now that that baby's a teenager, you're like, I want to hold you a different way. It was really great at the big. Come on, everyone. It was really great at the start when you came to that new church. But then the pastor said something you didn't like. It, it was really great when you, start, you fell out like a friend forever. And then you had your first fight with that friend forever. Why, why does the middle throw us off so much. And, and this, is, this is what I love about Peter when he was talking to the churches. He, 
was speaking directly to this problem. In chapter 4, in 1 Peter, he said this. He said, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Don't be surprised. Some of you are being way too surprised by the fights that you're in right now. Some of you think this strange, the things that you're fighting. Some of you are fighting depression right now, and you're like, why is this happening to me? Some of you are fighting some anger issues, and you're like, why hasn't this gone away? Some of you are fighting some really uh, massive hard things in your life, and you're like, why am I in this fight? And Peter was trying to remind us, and God is trying to remind Come on, God's trying to remind you this morning. It's not strange. This is not weird. You're, and, and I entitled this message, It's Not Fair, It's a Fight. It's not fair, it's fine. I've used this analogy before. You don't see a guy getting into a boxing ring, getting hit one time and throwing his gloves down and said, why did you hit me? But this is how we treat life. The moment we get hit, we throw our gloves down. And we think, what, what, what is going on? Why is it? And Peter was like, don't think it's strange that you're going through a fight right now. Because the enemy would love to, what, what the enemy's, the enemy's, uh, the enemy's thing for every one of us is if I can hit them a couple times, hopefully they'll just sit down and back away. And back away from being in a connect group. Back away from being at church. Back away from believing the call of God in their life. Backing away from being the leader that God's called them to be. Backing away from being in some sort of ministry. Backing away from dreaming again. Backing away from understanding that God has a specific plan and purpose for your life. And, and, and just with a couple of shots to the face, hopefully they'll sit back down and they won't expect God to move in their life anymore. Or any le- and, 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 they, and they back away from the call of God on their life because they're fighting something that feels strange to them because they thought, wasn't I supposed to be on the yellow brick road? Wasn't it supposed to be nice? Where's the, where's the munchkin singing? Where, where, where's all that? Now I'm in the middle of a fight. And, and, and Peter understands this, and so he says in the next chapter, in, verse, uh, in chapter 5, he says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He's like one. So don't give him too much credit. Looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering that you are. And, and, and the truth is alert people. Stay alert. That's what Peter said. Alert people are harder to hit than asleep people. Just so you know, you're an easy target when you're sleeping. Ask my son. He can smack you in the face when you're sleeping, which is the worst alarm clock in the world. 
okay? And then he, and you wake up like this, and he's like, Dad, why are you sleeping? I'm like, why are you hitting me? What, what is going on? Because now when you're alert, you can kind of dodge when you're asleep. And too many of us don't understand that we need to be alert, be prepared. We're still surprised that we're even in a fight. We still think it's strange that we're even fighting something. And God is asking all of us, get prepared. I, when I was, when I was uh, playing football in high school, um, now you get all these different types of guys on your football team. Like you get skinny guys, you get big dudes, you got, you know, all the different types, you know, uh, guys that just started playing football, or guys that have played football uh, since they were, you know, like five and six years old. And you get these, you know, younger high school, like look like high school guys. And then you get these other guys that are on your football team that look like they got three kids, they've gone through two marriages, they fought in Vietnam, and they've got the longest beard that you've ever seen. And you're like... How old are you? And they're like, 17. And you're like, what? Who shot you with hormones? What happened? Who's got, I mean, they're just huge dudes. And we had some of those guys on our football team. And I remember one of those guys was running at me. Now, I was playing football. At, you know, I was one of the younger guys on the varsity team. And so I'm sitting here, and he's running at me full steam. And I'm like, whoa. And before I knew it, he smoked me so hard, I felt like my life ended when he hit me. I mean, my helmet went like this. And my coach was like, ow, ear hole hit. And I'm like, what's an ear hole? He's like, he knocked your helmet so you can look through your ear hole, Calmer. You know, he just laughing, and, I, and I'm just like, man, I just hope that I can live, you know, and try, and he said, all right, next time he comes, you need, you need to get, you, you, you were just lollygagging, you need to get your feet down like this and get ready, and get, you know, so he comes and hits me again, now, he hit me as hard as he could, the, like, the first time, but I didn't get knocked back like I did the first time, the only difference wasn't the difference in how fast he went or how strong he was, the difference was how prepared I was. And some of us are not prepared for the fights, are not alert for the stuff that we're going through, and you get smoked by some conversation in your marriage, and it's like you're looking through an ear hole. And you're wondering, how, 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 oh, I'm just so wobbly, I can't even stand. You're wondering why this is going on. You're coming from something that's happening in a relationship right now where you feel like your friendship is dying that shouldn't be dying. And you're what is going on? And, and maybe, just maybe, it would be actually even better for you if you were more prepared for some of the stuff that is going on in your life. But some of us still think it's strange that we're even having to fight. Peter goes on to say, he says, uh, he says, stay alert, stand firm against him. Who's him? The devil. Stand firm against him. Some of you don't understand that you're fighting the devil, not people. Stand firm against him. Not stand firm against your spouse. Not stand firm against your boss. Not stand firm against your friend 
Not stand firm against that comment on social media. Not stand firm against a news network. Not stand firm against a political uh, idea. Not stand firm against the president now or the president that was. Not stand firm against this side or that side. Not stand firm against the people that you don't agree with. Not stand firm. Come on, am I, am I getting somewhere with somebody? Because some of you are real good at standing firm against some people, but you're fighting in the wrong arena. And guess what? You don't win fight when you don't know who you're fighting. Some of you are fighting the wrong place. You, you are so up, uh, just, just uh, warped on the inside, but you don't pray a lick because you think fighting is better done on social media than when you get on your knees and ask God to change somebody's heart. But, oh, I'll, I'll get back and I'll comment and I'll get somebody to change somebody. No, you're not going to change nobody's mind because guess what? You're not fighting against that. There's something behind that. And the only way you fight that is getting on your knees and sometimes we got to understand that there's a spiritual fight that's going on. Why do you think our church had 14 days of prayer and fasting? Because we like to do stuff like that. And like, oh, I don't want to eat this or I don't want to do. No, no, we understand that that is a way that you fight something that you cannot see. And then Peter goes on to say, pass this. Said, stand firm against him. And then he says, remember that, or, or no, stand firm against him and be strong in what? Your faith. A lot of us read that and say, strong, okay, strong in faith. But we forget the your faith. And I felt like God said this to me as I was uh, putting this together uh, for this week. That we have too many trust fund Christians that are living off what somebody else earned. I want that to sink in to some of you. Because I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to try to say this as nicely as possible. You're not going to win any, any fights with somebody else's faith. It's got to be your faith. But we got trust fund Christians running around. Leaning on somebody else, or this person, or this leader, this pastor, or uh, this one thing I heard one time, or this church, or this thing, and, and running on all of this stuff. And there's nothing wrong with those things. I'm not trying to make you individualistic. I, I'm just telling you, at some point, it's got to be you and God. At some point, you've got to open up your Bible. At some point, you've got to pray your prayers. Sometimes, you've got to lift up your own worship. Adrian can't follow you to work. It's weird. All right, at some point you got to come in already worked up from God doing stuff in your life throughout the week and not expect by the fourth song of worship, maybe I'll lift up a holy hand. God, I'll give you just a little something because finally something gave you some kind of emotional goosebump. No, no, no. I don't, Pastor Ben, I don't need you to preach the best sermon. I don't need you to preach a dud. I don't, I'm good either way. I'm going to amen either way because I'm already excited about what God's speaking to me throughout the week. I'm already good. Something's been happening to me already. See, that's when it starts becoming your faith. It's not your mom's faith. It's not your dad's faith. It's not your pastor's faith. It's not a 
church's faith. It's not a political faith. It's not this. or It's my faith. And if everybody runs this way, I'm still standing firm with who God says I am and what God's done in my life because God spoke to me. God put something on the inside of me. And that means when everybody else says, no, you can't do it, God says I can and I can still run. And when everybody else says, give up, oh, I'm still running forward because God said he's going to be with me. Because it's my faith. It's transferred. And I'm not living on a trust fund of somebody else's faith. I'm thankful for the things that have been given to me. And I'm thankful for the things that have happened in the past. But I'm not, I'm not going to stand pat with those things. God wants us to move forward. God wants our church to move forward. God wants your life to move forward. God wants your family to move forward. God wants your finances to move forward. God wants your dreams to move forward. I don't care if you're 5 or 50 or 100. God has dreams for you. Stop selling yourself short and stop saying it's just for a couple, some people that God speaks to their life. It's only for those people or that. No, God's speaking to you. God created you and put you on this planet at this time for a reason. You're sitting in this church for a reason. It's not to fill a seat and it's not to warm up a spot but it's to be a part of what God's doing on this earth and and it's for you to take steps forward and I know it might be hard right now and I know you might be fighting some things right now and you might feel like you're walking in with 8,000 pounds on your back but God says if you understand the power that I have and you understand the place that I've placed you at oh if you'd only see what I've got for you at this moment, Peter's trying to get this church and these churches that he's writing to to open up their eyes. And he then says, well, because, I, you know, when I was talking about it's got to be your faith, I don't want you to get the point or the picture that it's just me and Jesus. And screw everybody else. <laughs> just, just to let you know. That's not how God wants you to live your life. Contrary to some things you might want to do when you read some social media after a while. God wants you to live in community as well. And that's why alert people are not alone people. They, they understand. I said this in the first service. Do you know the biggest lie of the enemy tries to sell you when you're in a fight? The biggest lie is not that you're going to lose. So many of us think that that's the lie. When you're in a fight, you're going to lose. That's not the biggest lie the enemy tries to sell you. The biggest lie that the enemy tries to sell you is that you're the only one fighting this fight. That's the lie. Everybody else that came into church today... They had an awesome week. I'm the only one that had a tough one. Oh, their marriage is great. Look at them. They smile at each other. We're barely okay to sit next to each other. Everybody else has this. And it it is. This comparison trap will kill you. Where you think you're the only one fighting a financial battle. Where you think you're the only one fighting a health battle. Where you think you're the only one fighting a a, a mental health 
disorder, that everybody else is okay, but you're, you're fighting some deep, dark depression or some anger things that feel like they're so encompassing. Maybe you're fighting some, uh, some addiction right now or propensity towards something that you just can't stop. And you feel like everybody else has got all of that uh, okayed and they've got the great life, but I'm the one that has to fight all of it. The enemy would love for you to believe you're the only one. And that's why Peter said in verse 9, he, he get back and he said, okay, re- stand firm, be strong. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Translation, everybody's fighting. Everybody's fighting. The problem happens when you think you're the only one going through. You think your kids are the only crazy kids. No, they're all crazy. Because you know why? They all got crazy parents. <laughs> You're like, no, no. <laughs> oh, we're all in it. Well, you're a pastor. Yeah, we're all in it. We're all fighting things. We're all fighting Mind monsters. We're all in the same kind of fight. The way the enemy wants you to live, you're the only one that's fighting this. Everybody else is way ahead of you. That's why connect groups are so vital. Some of you, God has been, I mean, God has been putting on your heart to be in a connect group. And you've been pushing it off. Not understanding the most important and most powerful thing that can happen in a connect group is when you say, me too. Me too. Not share your highlights, share your scars. Great thing about scars, they show that healings happen. Meaning that we've been through a fight, but look, I'm here, I'm okay. Used to be tender, now I'm not tender anymore. Used to be hard, but now I, I, you know, there's still it's still there. But man, God's healed me. That's why that's why we some of you 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 are you desperately need to be in community with somebody. I don't know how to do. It's real easy. Download our church app. It says there is a huge thing that says connect groups. Click it. Like that, magically, the internet populates all these groups that you can scroll down and you get to pick the one you want to be in. That easy. But we come weekend and week, I got nobody, I'm the only one fighting, it's terrible. Really? Peter was trying to tell the the churches, remember, everybody's fighting fights. Come on, it's not fair. It's a fight. It's not fair. It's a fight. And you start understanding me too. And you start understanding that there's people that have gone through some of those same things. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to worship in just a moment. Um, uh, but I'm going to talk a couple more. But I just wanted you to stand to have you think I'm almost done. <laughs> uh, there is um, 
there's this, uh, there's this thing that feels like it's, it's, um, it's almost overwhelming when you feel like you're the only one. Remember when Jess and I were uh, wanting to have a, a family before Watson came? It was so overwhelming. You felt like there's babies everywhere except for you. And you felt like you were the only one. But then I got a call from my best friend. Who I knew they were pregnant. But then he called me to tell me that they had lost their baby after six months. Then all of a sudden you start hearing me too. And something kind of breaks. The cycle of thinking you're the only one that's fighting. Where you think it's. Everything's working out. I, I remember thinking about Pastor Adrian before he was a pastor and he was preaching at his dad's funeral. And then all of a sudden you start hearing me too. I've gone through some stuff. You know, because it's easy to think that even somebody like Pastor Adrian doesn't go through anything hard because he's got that million dollar smile and the golden pipes and everything is good. <laughs> Come on, church. Me too. Right? Me too. Just in a fight. Remember my dad telling a story of like moving from Illinois to here and they were kind of displaced trying to, you know, in the middle of the move, sleeping in his truck outside the cancer treatment center because my mom was getting chemo. Trying to figure out how to navigate all that. Me too. People all over the world are fighting the same fights that you're fighting. You're not alone. And, and more importantly, not just that we have people around us, but you have a father that surrounds you. Joshua was supposed to be this leader of Israel. Moses was the all-star leader. And then God came to Joshua and said, Moses, my servant, is now dead. You are now the leader. In Joshua 1.9, God says to him, this is my command, be strong and courageous. I don't know if you ever heard that before, but sometimes when you don't feel strong and courageous, you're like, bump that. I want to be fearful and scared and worried. But God said to Joshua, be strong, courageous, do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on, church. God is with you wherever you go. And that's where you get your strength, right? You get your courage and your strength from God being with you. Now, some of us who have been in church for a while, we miss, we miss some of this. We treat God like, uh, um, I got this picture of a father. You know, like when somebody's riding a bike for the first time, their kid's riding the bike, and the father grabs the bike from my, you know, they get up on the bike and it's Wobble City. You know, the whole time just, blah, 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 you know. And then all of a sudden, dad grabs the back. And you get security, stability, and then you get that beautiful push, baby. Right? 
get all that power. And you're like, man, I can ride a bike like for days. Just boom. You know, just, I don't know what that was, but that's the way I ride a bike. Why are you laughing so hard? Jeez. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> don't do it again. <laughs> I'm trying to be spiritual here. Um, I felt like God gave me this analogy that some of us have a picture of him like that father that he'll, he'll hold you at the beginning and give you a push, but then he's hands off. And, and God's like, okay, now you do it. Because I saved you, but now you've got to be good Christmas. Can I tell you that's a lie from the enemy? That God never lets go? That God always is there around your life? I mean, as you hit a bump, he's got you with stability. When you need extra power, he's got there with grace. When you need to be pulled and pushed along, God's right there. When you feel like you're going 1,000 miles an hour, he's running right there with you, saying, let's go faster and let's go further. God has never left you. For those of you who think that he's just giving you a push and his hands are off now, I want to let you know God's never left you and he never will. And he'll surround you with his goodness and his mercy and his grace forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Oh, come on in ever. Ever and ever and ever. So with our hands up, come on, let's lift our hands all over this room. Everybody online, let's lift up our hands.